I'm going to take you through a, a really simple lesson this morning, and it kind of goes along with what I've been going through. I'm a very visual person, so even when I'm, I'm, I'm talking with the Lord and dealing with the Lord, uh, I see myself doing things. I visualize myself doing things. When I feel like I'm fighting giants, I visualize myself fighting giants. And I really feel like through this process, I've been fighting giants. So this morning, my message is called The Bible Way to Separate a Giant from His Head. And it's funny when Pastor Manuel said he wanted to come over and pray for me before he started praying about taking down giants. So we're taking down giants. All right. Uh, if you want to follow along in your, in your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We've got a couple of scriptures before we get there, but uh, the majority of our text is going to come out of 1 Samuel 14. So the Bible way to separate a giant from his head. The first thing that we need, to, we need to understand is that there will be giants. It would be wonderful if we lived this life without any struggle, without any pain, without anything. But there are giants in the land. In Judges chapter 3 verse 1, the scripture says, These are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test the Israelites who had not experienced war. We need to understand that God sees things from a little bit different perspective than we do. And there are things that he will leave so we can learn how to war. So we can learn how to fight. God has an expectation of us being warriors. Now understand, our wars are not against people. If you feel like you're facing a giant, if, if I say you're facing a giant and the first thing that pops in your head is somebody's face, that's not God. That's the enemy tricking you into believing that somebody is your issue, somebody else is your problem. But as Ephesians tell, tells us, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We don't fight with people. It's with principalities and powers. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And these giants are spiritual giants. So understand that there will be giants. Understand that also, God expects you to win. God does expect you to win. He's put a lot and sown a lot into you so you can win. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says, For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against the enemy. He will give you victory. He will give you victory. Now, I want you to see that he says that he will fight for you against your enemy, but he says that he's going with you. <coughs> Every once in a while, God just goes ahead and does something for you, doesn't he? Yeah. But most of the time, he goes with you. Most of the time, he's with you in the battle. 
He saved, Dan, he, he saved Daniel in the lion's den, not from the lion's den. You see that? He saved the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, not from the fiery furnace. There are things that we're going to walk through that we're, we're going to be tested in. And God's going to be there with you. He's going to go there with you. He's going to fight there with you. And he has an expectation of you being victorious. But we got to understand, sometimes we're going to walk into the fire. We're going to walk into the lion's den. We're going to be in that place. And we're not to be afraid. We're not to pull back. Because we think that we're going through something. And I don't want to go through that. But we do go through things. So now over into, um, we'll start in, in 1 Samuel. And I've got several things here that for us to look at for when we're facing the giant. When we're facing the giant. And the first thing is, when you face the giant, don't listen to the voice of the enemy. 1 Samuel 17, 44. This is, it says, come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled. I promise you, your giant will talk to you. He will tell you all kinds of things. As I've been going through this, there were times when my body was in so much pain. And the enemy is saying, welcome to your new reality. This is the way you're going to be the rest of your life. There were times that, that I, I was so broken down that the enemy is saying, well, well you can't even work at the church anymore. They're just going to have to let you go because you can't even get any work done. And there was even one time when the enemy said, well, you don't want to live like this for the next 30 years. You might start thinking about how to get out of this. The enemy will taunt you, he will talk to you, he will speak to you, he will say things that, that you would never think of yourself. But you don't listen to the voice of the enemy. In fact, you do what we see next. When you face the giant, you begin to prophesy the result. You begin to speak what you see. You begin to speak what God is saying through your heart. Not what you feel. In verse 46, <coughs> David responds to Goliath. He says, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the armies of the Philistines this day <coughs> to the birds. Let me have that microphone. I don't want to be coughing in this whole time. Sorry.
We'll just use this so I can move it away from my mouth, okay? And I will give the dead bodies of the armies of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You begin to prophesy what God has put in your heart for your situation. See, when the enemy would come to me, and I'm in the midst of all this pain, and he would begin to speak these things to me, and he'd begin to say, this is how you're going to be for the rest of your life. And I would just close my eyes, and I would see myself doing the things that God had called me to do. And I would say, this is who I am. This is who God has called me to be. And I begin to remember things that people had prayed and prophesied over me. There was a time that somebody prophesied over Lisa and I, you'll never have to worry about sickness and disease because God's going to keep you healthy for a long time. And I'd say, Lord, that's real. That's alive. Just because I'm in the fiery furnace right now doesn't mean that health and strength are not who I am ordained to be. So prophesy the right result. Next, when you're facing the giant, don't become impatient or discouraged. Once again, it says in 1 Samuel 46, it says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. It's fantastic when it happens that day. But as we all know, it doesn't always happen in one day. Sometimes we walk through some things. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. I remember a story that I heard years ago about a little lady named Vera who lived in in, uh, Nevada. And she had gotten some kind of terrible disease in her body where she was not able to take care of herself. And she was not able to, to really move. And her family put her in a, in a nursing home so she could be taken care of. And as she got to the nursing home, she told her, her, her children who were checking her in, now you get, my, you get my house slippers and you put them right here by the bed. I go, Mama, why do you want your house slippers by the bed? She said, because I'm not always going to be like this. She said, when God heals me, I don't want to put my feet on this cold floor. I want my house slippers right here. And months went by. The nurses would come in, the aides would come in, and they'd try to move those house slippers. And she, don't you move those house slippers. You leave them right where they are. Two years went by. Two years went by. We struggle with two days, two weeks. I've been going through this for two months. Two years. 
this woman told everybody that came in her room that she was going to be healed, that she was going to get up out of that bed, and she was going home. Two years went by, and she woke up one morning, and she was healed. She put those feet over. She put those slippers on. She got up. She went into the bathroom. She cleaned herself, and she sat down and started reading her Bible. And when the nurse came in that morning, she almost had a heart attack. Don't become impatient or discouraged just because it doesn't happen on our timetable. I don't understand God's timetable. I wish he and I could get together on that. I really do. But I know that God has a timetable. And when it's God's time, it's God's time. And all I'm asked to do is stand, having done all to stand, stand until God's timing comes through. So don't get discouraged. Exodus 23, verse 29 says, but I will not drive them out in a single year. Because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little bit at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. Understand that sometimes God is driving them out a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. We want it all at one time, but sometimes it's a little bit at a time, okay? So don't become discouraged. Next thing, when you're facing the giant, realize it's not always about you. It's not always about you. From the very beginning of this journey that I've been on, when I first started feeling sick, I start pulling out all my, my healing books and my, 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 my healing CDs, and I start surrounding myself with, you know, the stuff that I need to get me healed. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, don't let this be about you. I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? He said, don't let this cause you to just be focused on you. So I've spent a lot of time, even though I've needed prayer, even though I have felt sick, I've spent a lot of time praying for you. I, I refused to allow myself to get so self-centered that it was all about me. So I started praying for you. And the Lord even began to show me. He would, he would say odd things at times. But even when I, when I was in the, the pain, I mean, it was just, uh, I, I can't, I can't describe some of the pain 
And the Lord would say, oh, I feel pain when my body is not in unity. When my body is not functioning the way that I created her to function. So I found myself praying for the body. It's not always about you. Sometimes the things that we're going through is the best preaching that somebody else will ever see or hear. And somebody watching you go through something without losing your mind, without screaming at God, because there, there, there were times when I'm just, I, I'm racked in pain. And, and in my mind, once again, I'm just thinking, God, where are you? And I'm wanting to lash out. God, do something. God, you're not being right. But I refused to give voice to that. And I would just stop. And all that stuff would feel like it's bottling up inside of me. And I would just stop and go, God, you're good. And you do good. Even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't see it. God, you are good. And I refuse to receive an accusation from the enemy that you are not good. You are always good. I hope my coughing is not throwing y'all off. I'm sorry. All right. Next, when you're facing the giant, run towards the giant. Verse 48, it says, And Goliath moved closer to attack, and David quickly ran out to meet him. Quickly ran out to meet him. Don't hide from the problem. Quickly, quickly move out and engage the enemy. Quickly run out to meet the enemy. Sometimes things take longer because we're dragging it out. Sometimes God's waiting on us. Quickly run out there and engage the enemy. Don't hide from it. It's not going to go away. Deal with it. Engage. Engage with the word. That's our next point. When you're facing the giant, trust the rock. Trust the rock. Verse 49, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. Trust the rock. Psalms 18, 2 says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock. 
in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. Trust the rock. And that seems like such a simple thing to say. But when you're in the midst of battle, when you're in the midst of pain, when you're in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through, sometimes we forget to trust God. We try to trust ourselves. We try to make it happen ourselves. Or we, we listen to the, to the giant. We listen to the lies of the enemy. And we forget that he is trustworthy. Trust the rock. Trust the rock. Because he has nothing but your best in mind for you. You do understand that. That even when we go through things, God has our best in mind. God always has our best in mind. He never allows you to go through something just to go through something. There's purpose. There's strength. Sometimes the only way that we can learn a lesson is to go through something. We hate it, but we're hard-headed, right? It'd be great if we could just read the Word and just say, oh, I've taken it, I believe it, I've learned it. But then faith without test is theory. Right? If we don't have an opportunity to put into practice the things that the Lord is sowing inside of us, it's kind of worthless. I'm going to get you out of here early, too. Oh, I wish you were sick all the time. Last point. When you face the giant, make sure he's dead. A few years ago, I was, I was driving in Tyler, and I passed a church. And you know how churches have, always have to have the little pithy sayings. And this church sign said, for every giant, there is a stone. And the Spirit of God spoke up inside of me and said, yeah, but you still have to cut off his head. It wasn't the stone that killed the giant. It was the removal of his head that killed the giant. Sometimes we follow the process just long enough to get our head above water. And they were like, oh, okay. We go from water here to water here. God did not create you just to tread water. He created you to walk on water. Don't stop just because you got a little bit of relief. Don't stop just because you threw that stone out there and, and you know you connected. 
Don't stop. The next thing you do is you take the sword and you cut his head off. You make sure that the enemy's dead. You make sure that you push through to victory. You hear what, what I'm saying? God created you to be victorious. He created you to be more than a conqueror. And in every situation, what do we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We are a victorious people even when we don't feel like it. Even when people are coming up to you going, man, you look horrible. Even when somebody walks up to you and says, I don't like your color. I'm sorry I was born this color. Nothing I could do about it. I'm victorious. You're victorious. You may be facing a giant this morning. There may be a giant that's been assigned to you to taunt you, to steal from you. But God's goal is for you to take his head. <laughs> 